Jesus went on to say, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me. At this, some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me, and because I am going to the Father? They kept asking, What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief. But I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Thanks very much, Val. I wonder what is it that you are most afraid of at this time? And what words would you most like to hear to, to reassure you? What's the greatest encouragement that somebody could give you at this time? Well, in the reading, we're in the upper room on the night that uh, Jesus was about to be betrayed, arrested and condemned. And Jesus has already said to his disciples that um, he's about to leave them. He's told them he's going to send the the Holy Spirit who will remind them of uh, all that he has taught them. He's encouraged them to remain in him, the vine. And if they do so, they will be fruitful. He's also warned them that uh, the world will hate them. But they should still testify about him. And so we find them anxious, uh, confused. And in the middle of this passage, which uh, Val read for us in John 16, come the comforting words that they need to hear in verse 22. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. We do live in a a fragile world, don't we? Um, We are aware that our own personal world can come crashing down around us at any time and maybe it has for for you but Jesus is bold enough here to say no one will take away your joy which is a big claim isn't it how can he say that have a look back at verse 16 where Jesus first of all says in a little while you will see me no more and then after a little while you will see me and Sabah's probably thinking, what on earth is he going on about here? 
And he can see that they're confused. And so he says to them in verse 20, Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. He's told them a number of times that he's uh, going to die. That, uh, and here he is again talking about his death, that they will be incredibly sad when Jesus is taken away to be crucified. But when he comes back to life, that grief will turn to joy. And in verse 21, he, he compares what is about to happen to him and, and the disciples with a woman in childbirth. For a little while, he says there is pain, physical pain, but also emotional pain. There is a, a change taking place here. The baby who has been part of the mother, who has been safe and secure in the womb, is now cast out into the world and is separated from the one who has been given him life. He now has to breathe for himself as, a, as an independent child. But again, in a little while, the pain is past, and the child is not separated from the, the mother, but is present with her in a different way. And that's how it will be with Jesus. In a little while, he will go through the emotional pain of betrayal, desertion, humiliation, the physical pain of flogging and crucifixion. His disciples will go through the pain of feeling uh, abandoned, of fear, of, of grief. But in a little while, they will see him again. And their sorrow will become joy. Their relationship will change. Once Jesus ascends to heaven, they will no longer experience his close physical presence. But they will experience the presence of his spirit to comfort, to teach, and to, to guide them. So when we come to verse 22, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. It becomes clear that what Jesus is talking about here is his death, but also his resurrection. Now is your time of grief, now my, my hour has come, the thing I came to do, to die for the sins of the world. And that will cause you to be sad. But I will see you again. I will rise from the dead. And I will come to you. And he says, and you will rejoice. Which is exactly what happened in John's gospel in chapter 20, verse 20 of that gospel. On the first day of the week, we're told Jesus rose from the dead. He came to them and he showed them his hands and side. And John writes, the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And so his prediction here in, uh, in verse 22 came true. I will see you again and you will rejoice. And then come the amazing words, and no one will take away your joy. There are many things in this world that do come and go. We have good days, we have bad days. Things are taken away from us. Our health, our loved ones, our belongings. But this joy cannot be taken away. It cannot be lost. It is sure and certain, even when everything else gives way. Why is he able to say that to his disciples? And why is it valid for, for us right now, at this moment? 
Well, the reason he's able to say that is to his disciples is because their joy comes from being with him. And if he's going to come back from death, they will still enjoy his presence. His resurrection means he will never die again. So he will never be separated from them again. He has defeated death and he lives forever. And so it is relevant for us today because he still lives. And if we've put our trust in him, in his death and his resurrection, then we too will live forever. We will never die. Jesus said to Martha after the death of Lazarus, those familiar words, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. For our joy never to be taken away, two things have to be true. The source of our joy has to last forever, and we have to last forever. And both are true because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Which makes us stop and think, doesn't it? As we come to the Lord's table, where is our joy? Is it in Jesus, in his death and resurrection, that he reigns in heaven on high, that he will come again, that he is with us now by his spirit? We may not see him face to face now, but we will one day see him. And we can enjoy the presence of his spirit. We can look forward to that day when we will be with him in glory. We will all, of course, die physically. But if we trust in him, we will be raised to life. So before we come to um, this communion table, we come, uh, yes, with sorrow because of our sin that meant Jesus did have to die for us. But we come with joy. We come with joy that he... Loved us so much as we've been singing about that he should want to die for us. We come with joy that he rose again, that he defeated death. We come with joy in the communion we can have with, with our triune God, Father, Son and Spirit. With joy in the communion we can have with one another now. And with joy in knowing that no one will take away our joy as we look forward in sure and certain hope to the day he will come again. So before we take the, the bread and the, the wine, let's uh, spend um, some, some moments thanking God for all he's done for us in Jesus, for the joy that we have in him. And uh, let's do that um, publicly. Let's uh, um, pray out loud. can be short prayers of thankfulness. If you, you'd like to um, use the microphone, just put up your hand and I'll bring that round and, um, and we can do that as well. But if you prefer just to pray out loud, then use your, your loud voice and do that. But let's come now and uh, praise God publicly for all he's done for us in Jesus Christ. Let's do that. Father God, we do thank you that we have joy in Jesus Christ in knowing that what he did for us on that cross was because he loved us. And he did it knowing that he would come again. And when he came again, uh, his disciples would rejoice. And he knew that when he comes again in glory, we will see him and we will rejoice. Thank you for the joy he's given us. Amen. Father, we just want to thank you that our salvation is complete in the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing can be added to it. 
nothing can be taken away. Lord, you said yourself, it is finished. You had accomplished that which you came to do. What a blessing that is to us, Lord, to know that we can stand complete because your blood has washed away our sin. And Father, we know that uh, because of that we will be able to behold your face. And Father, that fills us with fear, but not the cringing fear of maybe we would be rejected by you. But Lord, just that awesome fear of who you are, your glory, your majesty, Lord, your beauty. Oh, Father, what a great inheritance is ours because of that complete work at Calvary. Father, we love you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we pray, Lord, that you would indwell more of our lives day by day. And Lord, that we would point others to you, giving you the glory. Amen. Amen. Lord God, we do know that our greatest need is acceptance. And we do indeed rejoice that we are accepted in the well-beloved Lord. We are accepted by the living God, the holy God, the God of all creation. Uh, we do indeed praise you in your majesty for all that you have achieved for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do thank you for him, Lord. We do know that, we do read that uh, never man spoke this way before the Lord, and we do uh, we do feast upon the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we do uh, rejoice in uh, the Holy Spirit, Lord, which does prompt us and lead us into all righteousness. We do rejoice now in our salvation. Amen. Well, we come around the Lord's table, and uh, just ask those who are going to serve just to come forward to to the front. Jesus said, "This is my body." which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. When we break the bread, is it not a means of sharing in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf. We, though many, are one body, for it is one loaf of which we all partake. We'll eat the bread as it is served to us. In the same way, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do this in memory of me. We'll uh, keep the cups and then we'll uh, drink them together as a sign of our, of our unity in Christ Jesus. Drink this in remembrance that Christ died for you and be thankful. Father God, we give you thanks and praise that when we were still far off, you met us in your Son and brought us home, dying and living. He declared your love, gave us grace, and opened the gate of glory. May we who share Christ's body live his risen life. We who drink his cup bring life to others. We whom the Spirit lights give light to the world. Keep us firm in the hope you have set before us so we and all your children shall be free and the whole earth live to praise your name through Christ our Lord. Amen.